So tell me again, who wrote RoboCop? Oh, uh, it's actually a, a couple of screenwriters. Uh, Ed, Edward Neumeyer, or Neumeyer, probably Neumeyer, and oh. Michael Miner. Okay. I feel like they missed a, a really good opportunity if Peter Weller's character's name had originally been Robert. Wow, you just killed 90% of my jokes for this entire podcast. <laughs> Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm Murphy. No, you're not. (laughs) And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this episode, I showed Allie 1987's Robocop. 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 (laughs) Rated R is now showing at our house. Technically, Wait, it was rated X. I was about to say we saw the rated saw. X version. Yeah, I, uh, I I showed Allie the the Criterion collection that we checked out from our local library, uh, which is the uh, director's cut, uh, uh, which is a little more violent um, and well, I mean not a lot more violent, maybe a little more violent. The violence is actually a lot more cartoony. I think um, I think Verhoeven himself said that he thought the theatrical edit actually made the film look more brutal because mm-hmm. he was going for something that was more over the top and ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas, like by cutting the violence a little bit, it actually made it seem even more even more violent. Well, we can um, get into that as we move. I mean, on it's super the... violent no matter how you look at it. True. It's a very violent movie. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was directed by Paul Verhoeven. Um, this is not his first uh, English film. Uh, there was, a, I think, was, I, I think the movie he Flesh and Blood. I think is the movie he did before this. But this was his first big American language film. You okay. Know, because he's Dutch, and yeah, he had been making movies for a while. You know. In, in, I mean, uh, with a name like Verhoeven, yeah, you, you, uh, you, you have to be Dutch. Yeah, or or be making jam. I don't really know where you're going <laughs> with this uh, at all. Um, so uh, yeah, um, ah, let's see. Um, you've you've made me forget what I was talking about. Who? Okay, so you said directed it. Yeah, we, I said it was written by Edward uh, Neumeyer and Michael right. Miner. Actually, um, before. Uh, before we get too far oh, in, no. I just remembered we have to do our elevator we pitch. Do? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, I'm, you know what? I'll go first. I don't have a good one. Uh, I, I love to throw you under the bus so I can make yeah. a good one uh, to top you, but I don't yeah. have a good one. So if you okay. want me to go first, I will. Sure, go for it. Okay, he's a robot and he's a cop. Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on, man. It's a robot okay, it's who's good. a cop. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um... Okay, this is my elevator pitch. Okay. Okay. In a dystopian world. Go on. Detroit. So, just Detroit. Detroit. Present day Detroit. Present day Detroit. uh, Has cops run by corporation. Okay. Uh, Where is this a piece of fiction? We're not, we're not there yet. We we haven't fictioned it out yet. Okay. This is just normal every day. Okay. 2020. Corporate cops. Corporate cops. Right. And, uh, and, and one of them dies in a tragic, horrible mess. Okay. His fatal flaw, his tragic flaw being what? That he's, Unaware of bullets. Oh, you're right, exactly. And, and his hubris to believe that bullets would not stop him. He dies in the correct way to be turned into a machine, and then it becomes man 
and machine versus the corporation. Manachine. Manachine. I call it Manachine. Manachine. How did you know? I, I knew it because I've been looking over your notes. <laughs> the notes that are in my brain? That's brilliant. Well, I mean, oh. I, clearly you didn't bring your notes over. You know over what's really sad about this elevator pitch is that it sucks. But the not other, other than that, what, what's really sad about this elevator pitch is that, honestly, I knew nothing about this movie when we first started. And I really was nervous about seeing this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I tried I to admit, put it off a lot. Yeah, and I, I will admit I did not make it easy because I, I wanted to soften the blow of this movie's fairly... It's been a while since I'd seen RoboCop at all, and I had never seen the director's cut mm. version, or at least mm. I don't think I had. And, um, you know, like I... So I was like, you know, this is going to be really violent, but I pr- trust me, it's 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 a satire. It's not, you know, like I, I was giving her the whole pitch. Verhoeven's an... He's a an acquired taste for some, and he's very divisive. I think if you're not on board with what he's doing, he's a he could be a very hard filmmaker to watch. Yeah, and his relationship with women is a little iffy mm-hmm. at best. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But but it's interesting because I was con- I was worried, and it's I well we'll get into it, but um, I didn't. It was very much not what I expected. Right, and right. And it was very much I don't su- think it was surprisingly not what I expected. To, to be honest, in I didn't, a good way. I don't think I saw this until it had been out like a year or two. And it wasn't hundred percent what I was expecting either. Yeah. You know, like uh, but I, but again at that time I was not particularly familiar with what Paul like this was like this was the first Paul Verhoeven movie I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see uh, Total Recall for a while. Um, I've actually never seen Basic Instinct. Um, really? Yeah. And then, you know, like Showgirls I saw in the 90s and Starship Troopers. Showgirls is interesting because I I feel like Verhoeven knew it was a satire, but I doubt Joe Esther Hess did, even though he claims now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wrote fucking Flashdance. Don't tell me you don't tell me you're not just kind of a <laughs> lazy, slovenly sexist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know, like, yeah, Verhoeven is an interesting, he's an interesting filmmaker, I will say that. And like I, I feel like when when I I'm usually on board with what he's doing and like can take it with the right grain of salt, but I can see I can see how this movie got massively misinterpreted by a lot of people, and I, I, I like, you know, like it is definitely. And Verhoeven is interesting because he's definitely anti-fascist, but he loves playing with fascist imagery. Well, that was what you I know, was going like to say. He dabbles a lot, but like, which means his movies are always kind of muddy in their message. But I was about to say that it doesn't feel like. I don't feel like you could have missed that in this movie. So people well, people missed, missed it that? in Starship Troopers, which is also very heavy. Again, I haven't seen Starship Troopers, so it's yeah. not fair for me to, to right. It's trust but. trust me on this. the The satire is so like incredibly heavy handed that like missing it is it it takes some work. So um, anyway, uh, before we go into the movie itself, I thought I'd talk just a moment about a bit about the development. Sure. Um, so anyway, yeah, as, as we said in what may be our worst cold open yet, although that's up for debate, we've been really like swinging and missing on those lately. Um, we said that Rob- I said that RoboCop was written by Edward and Newmeyer and Michael Miner, and that basically the two of them kind of ended up getting peanut butter in each other's chocolate and vice versa. In that um, originally Newmeyer uh, saw a poster for the film Blade Runner and he asked a friend what it was about. Um, this is all from Wikipedia. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's true and not the font of all lies. But um, And his friend said, it's about a cop hunting robots. And he kind of like, that sentence stuck in his head and he kind of flipped it around. But he ended up like basically, um, 
and essentially, like, apparently they tried to pitch a screenplay, and they were stranded in an airplane terminal with a with a film executive for several hours, and that's kind of how they managed to get, like, you know, like, they, that's how they kind of got their foot in the door with it. But the original draft was sort of like, yeah, it was originally it was going to be very much like a Blade Runner-type world ruled by corporations, uh, you know, in, in the future, etc., and like it wasn't it wasn't originally about a cyborg it was about a cop that was a robot and it gradually became aware of itself and oh like sentient human, yeah you know? okay. and like it became much more similar to a human and became human as it went on and became less of a tool of the corporations etc and meanwhile and it like basically he met a music video director named wait, michael wait, wait, wait. minor so it was like short circuit i mean kind of yeah <laughs> wait a minute I, Kinda, yeah. Although I don't think he was like just struck by lightning and gained sentience or whatever the hell happened with short. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen Short Circuit. We should probably do that eventually. I know we've both seen it. I've but, never uh, seen it. You've never seen it? Oh shit! We'll do it sooner than I thought. Then, I, you know, because I was thinking, you know, we like that every fifth episode rule is, makes it very hard to like do yes. what we've both seen. Um, okay, well, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that eventually. Yeah, uh, I did not realize you hadn't seen it nope. for some reason. I thought you had. Uh, Fisher Stevens' character is incredibly racist. Yes. Um, anyway, um, so he met a he, anyway he met this music video director named Michael Miner who kind of had an, an idea like that of his own, which he was calling Super Cop. And it was about a police officer who was seriously injured and becomes a donor for experimental cyborg police officer program. Well, interesting. And so they kind of met and they combined their ideas and, and, and turned it into the delicious Reese's egg that we have now. Oh, uh, Why don't we have a Reese's so, egg yeah, right um, now? So essentially, yeah, um, they, they put together they put together this movie. Um, Verhoeven originally hated the screenplay, threw it in the trash. His wife fished it out and talked to him in the directing. She said, <laughs> "Why don't you look it over? Like, there, there's angles you can do." You can go with this uh, that you know, like, you know, um, yeah. It's um, there's a lot of a lot of other uh, a lot of other people. Alex Cox was originally off, uh, offered to direct before Verhoeven came aboard. Uh, that would have been an interesting, but probably ultimately very bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love Repo Man, Man, but I don't know that Cox is <laughs> Cox could have pulled this one off. Um, I, I, according to Wikipedia, remember? I think I mentioned when we were watching it that like RoboCop reminds me a lot of the comic book character Judge Dredd. Yes. Um, like in the, like well until he takes his mask off you know like you just see like the visor yeah, and you yeah. just see the lower half of the face and it's also this you know this dystopia where like the cops basically are judge jury and executioner yes. in a lot of ways um, but it also according to Wikipedia um, it, it, like the Japanese Toku series Space Sheriff Gavin which I don't know I'm sorry y'all I know some of y'all are some some serious you know Japanese uh, you know animation and or toku and whatever fans of all the jap of jap i'm just that's not a thing other than godzilla movies i am not really well versed in most japanese uh anime like live action or animation series they're like giant robots etc not 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 my thing um and also the marvel superhero character uh rom or rome space knight uh, which I read several issues of when I was younger. And yeah, I can kind of see it. Uh, that, I, that one says citation needed in, uh, you know, and I kind of think it does too. Although apparently there is a copy, and I didn't see this, but apparently you can see uh, a Rom, Rom comic book um, oh. on screen during the convenience store robbery. Interesting. Um, um, anyway. Um, Anything else? And another one appears in the flashback with his son. Apparently he's reading that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Um, I, Rom is a very weird comic. I'll just say that right now. It has some of the most, like, it, it had, like, some of the most horrific imagery I saw before the age of ten was in rom comics. Like, they, like seriously, there are these things called diorithes that like, like basically suck the like life essence out of humans and appear in their form. And they're like, the, rom is this alien from another planet who 
like has this gun that can reveal them and destroy them, but um, everyone just thinks he's this weird space alien that's killing people, but he's actually killing alien invaders. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's 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 got some serious horror stuff going on in it. It's very creepy. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. This is a. Um, this is uh, the other the other thing is that pe- like a couple of actors almost got the role instead of Peter Weller, uh, Michael Ironside, and Rutger Hauer particularly were considered. Both of them were ended up being rejected because they were kind of too big and they they wouldn't have been able to fit into the bulky armor. Uh, Weller was picked because he was kind of thin enough, and they thought his lower half of his face could convey emotion well. Um, and, you know, and he ended up. Uh, even as slender as he was, he ended up being just beaten up in that suit. Uh, like there's, you know, allegedly he was losing like pounds of weight a day from sweating, and they like they had to constantly fan him off. Um, you know, in the later sequels, uh, the suit had a built-in fan to help him out, but the original suit did not, and apparently Dang. it was a nightmare to be in. Also, though this film is set in Detroit, a lot of it was actually filmed in Dallas. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which I am amazed to learn Dallas has buildings because I thought it was just a bunch of freeway overpasses <laughs> from my experience it, going through That's what it felt like. Uh, I've never actually spent a lot of time in Dallas, but it mostly seems to be like ho- like motels and overpasses yeah. <laughs> to, to, from my, my experience. Um, that's it. Um, anyway, yeah. Do you I want to do it? I mean, I Nancy Allen talking. is the other. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, cast. Yeah, Peter Weller. Nancy Allen's another major character in it. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's Miguel Ferrer in one Yay. of one of his earliest big roles. Uh, Kurtwood Smith uh, as uh, the villain Clarence Boddicker. Uh, what's his name? Dan. Uh, not Dan, uh, Ronnie Cox uh, as uh, you know Dick Jones. <laughs> uh, you know, like by the way, uh, both Ronnie Cox and um, and. Uh, Kurtwood Smith were basically cast kind of against type. Mm. Um, uh, specifically, you know, like Kurtwood Smith had apparently mostly played like more like wisecracking smarmy guys before mm. that. And like to play like an actual like psychopath villain yeah. like Boddicker was like that was a first for him. And that uh, kind of a career defining role for anyone who doesn't think of him as Red from that 70s show. Yeah. <laughs> One of his two career defining roles. Um, yeah, and there was, you know, a few other people. Um, in the movie whose names escape me, but we'll what's his that, that guy that you thought was uh, the superintendent of the prisons from Oz? Uh, oh, Codes. Yeah. I can never remember. The guy has a very. It's actually Paul name. McCrane. It's actually Paul McCrane. Yeah. Um, uh, well, he doesn't have a very good end either. Very few people have good ends in this movie. No, it's not um, meant for that. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, so let's start the. Let's actually start talking about this movie instead of just rambling on. So, so as I said, I was a little nervous walking into this thing um but that all changed pretty much moment one when we get a cheesy ass title card that just like <laughs> with like the music sting behind it and i was like oh is this is the movie i'm yeah, watching yeah yeah the, you know and that it, helped <laughs> yeah, the, the thing like i said uh verhoeven's not subtle and this movie is not subtle. No. This movie is not subtle. Um, um, there, we, but like the very beginning of the movie we get, and by the way, uh, one of the ways this movie avoided an X rating, um, which is the, ver- the the director's cut was definitely considered, uh, you know, like X rated originally, but one of the things he did, like this movie was sent back and forth in the MPAA over and over again until they could get it down from oh, an X man. to an R. One of the things he did to soften it that wasn't apparently in the first version was all those commercials. Oh, to interesting. To make it much more clear that this is a cartoonish thing. 
you know, like to like to like chill out, folks. We ain't being a hundred percent like you know like realistic in it. You know, um, the funny thing about it, uh, it still had some very eighties things right off the bat. Um, there's talk about apartheid South Africa because yes. it's nineteen eighty seven. Yes, uh, so when this movie was filmed, even though it's set in a future that is probably closer to nowadays in, in linear time. I can't remember what if this movie ever set a year on it. I don't, I don't think it does. it does. I think it's just I think it's supposed to be in the not too distant future. Yeah. <laughs> a futuristic future where cars instead of being boxy 80s uh you know like cars are actually sleek 90s cars. <laughs> actually yeah, look seriously this this movie used the Ford Taurus as its sleek. It looks it's funny because people you look, it looks old fashioned now but man the Ford Taurus looked wildly like space age. Well the other thing whenever that I they first used... saw it Excuse me, as I'm yawning. Um, the other thing that they used, not just with the commercials that they threw in there, but they also used newscasters. Yeah. And <laughs> oh yeah, the news. That was actually newscasters talking about like the very a, first. Uh, there was yeah. a neutron bomb threat, which is very 80s. Yes. You know, very, I, I was wondering very, if we were going to do the neutron. I was wondering now if we were going to do the neutron bomb. I thought we were going to be doing the neutron dance. <laughs> no, I'm just burning. <laughs> just burning. Yeah, um, I noticed. I noticed you went with neutron dance, and I went with dead Kennedys. Uh, yeah, we, we are. We are. Who we we are. are. There was a talk of the Star Wars peace platform, yes. like a space station that has a peace laser. Yes. Uh, very, very wonderful dystopia stuff there. There was a commercial for Jarvix, uh, like, it, like you can buy Jarvik hearts, like a TV commercial for them, which. Though you don't have commercials for medical devices on TV that often, um, a little bit, but not not like serious yeah. heart, like artificial heart commercials. That did you got to remember at the time this came out, you weren't really seeing commercials for prescription medications. That's on right. TV. That so started that, a little. Later. That in of itself was a little wild to see like commercials for medical stuff because it used to be your doctor just prescribed you whatever. Yeah. You didn't know what drugs that were out there unless you were like someone who paid attention to that kind of stuff. You know, and they didn't have to advertise in the same way because they didn't right. have to fight for it. Right. In the it same way. And it establishes very early on that the OCP, this corporation, has taken control of Detroit's police. Detroit is what's funny is Detroit in the eighties was pretty economically bad off. It had been in and it had been in collapse since basically the automobile industry kind of yeah. fell apart in the seventies for them. The American automobile industry in the in the eighties wasn't doing great. It wasn't doing the worst though. Detroit they, they exaggerated how bad Detroit was in this future because it was kind of predicting Detroit being much worse, like which worse. is kind of sad because Detroit did in many ways get, get a lot worse. worse. Uh, but OCP is uh, just to set it up now. Um, we'll talk about it in a minute. But OCP is basically planning this huge revitalization for Detroit, but they have to get rid of the crime in old Detroit. Right. Before they can create what they're calling Delta City. Delta City. Which is like this big, huge um, thing. Uh, so anyway, um, they, but you see like, uh, you're in this, uh, what is it, the West Precinct? It's some precinct. Um, but uh, there's a transfer for, to there. Yeah. Uh, Alex Murphy has been transferred in. Oh, and oh, and the news talks about um, Cl Clarence Boddicker has killed a cop. Yes. Like, this guy is such a big criminal. Everyone knows who he is, but no one can catch him. He's like Kingpin in... Yeah, well, except, well, except not really, because he's not really a mob boss so much as he's a gang leader. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't, like, he's not, like, he's the enforcer arm, but really we learn that he's basically working for for, one, oh, for Dick yeah. Jones, who who is a member of this corporation. Right. Like, but yeah, he's not really, like, a mob boss per se. In fact, the actual mob, like, the Italian mafia, like, he, you, you see him have a run-in with them. That's true. You know, like, later in the movie. But, um, but yeah, but Boddicker is, like, everyone knows who he is, but no one can stop him. Because, you know, the cops, like, he's got, like, this gang, ultra-violent gang. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, you know. And uh, we didn't get into it um, 
yet, but of course, you know, like, this is the movie where I have to, you know, kind of suspend disbelief and say that though Robocop, by ACAB rules, <laughs> is a bastard, and all cops are, uh, we have to kind of look at this as, like, this, in this fantasy world, this Detroit is so terrible that the police are absolutely the last bastion of, like, keeping it from descending into absolute, like, warlord-owned, yeah. um, even though it bar- pretty much barely a, almost is. Um, so, um, anyway, Kurtwood Smith is Clarence Boddicker, uh, cop killer. And Clarence Boddicker, by the way, uh, the look, uh, apparently uh, part of the reason he has those rimless glasses in this movie is to give him kind of a Heinrich Himmler look. Well, that makes sense. You know, like give him this, like, like this, he's an evil SOB who just happens to look like this creepy little nerd, you know. So, um, a couple of things in my uh, notes. Um, since it's a futuristic movie, I don't know how we don't, I think we say this every single time. Where's my fucking jetpack? Yeah, there's no jetpacks in this movie. Like to know where my jetpack is. But I, oh, one thing I want to say though, um, the wildest, craziest thing in this dystopia is it's gotten crimes gotten so bad, and the police are being run like this crazy paramilitary organization with body armor. Can you imagine, Can you imagine such a wild such a future? Wild future. And they uh, and they'll shoot first and ask questions later, later about everything. Yeah, uh, you know, it's wild. Anyway, it's ama- and they basically get away with doing that because there's you know. By the way, they- yeah, for anyone who's under a certain age watching this movie, that wasn't normal to see police in body armor except like the SWAT team. Yeah, to just see like beat cops, regular beat cops and like body and armor. stuff wearing full on body armor was weird in the eighties. That yeah. was not a normal thing. Um, so what else did I write here? Oh, oh, we're not quite there yet, but um, we meet the desk sergeant because yeah, uh, um... in Alex comes in and um, he's transferring in. And they Reed is the, is the desk sergeant. Yeah, Reed yeah. is the desk sergeant, and they and he basically says to him, you know, hey, you know, um, you know, this isn't like where you came from. You know, coming here, it's a big. It's a big change from yeah. where you've been. Right, yeah. He's been in the, like, like this is the worst part of Detroit. This is the absolute most crime-ridden place. He's been in a, a slightly, I guess, safer. Like, it's still, like, he's obviously still, it's still pretty bad, apparently. Yeah. But, like, it's obviously a, you know, a little bit nicer part of town. But he feels like he's ready. Uh, we're also introduced to Lewis, who is going to be his partner, and yes. who uh, apparently was intentionally... Played by to, Nancy, Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen uh, from, like, who for a while was, uh, was... Like she got her start in Brian De Palma movies. She was actually married to him for a while. Oh, I didn't realize like, that. Yeah, and uh, she uh, she was in Dressed to Kill and Blowout. She was in and... Poltergeist Three. That's later. That's after aunt. this movie. I know, I but I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. But um, yeah. This was this was probably her biggest like blockbuster role, you know, that she was ever in. And Lewis, by the way, was apparently designed to be vaguely androgynous hmm. uh, on purpose. Like the short hair. You know, the fact when you first see her, you don't really see a lot of like she's in the armor and everything when she beats the crap out of that yeah like when she kicks the crap out of that guy yeah you know like she's like it's you know but like for whatever reason i can't remember i think there was a reason written why but like whatever she was sort of designed to be that way um but yeah she but she basically is the going to be his partner um let's see that's about uh yeah and oh and uh uh reed uh i can't remember don dickey something dickey uh yeah. i can't robert dickey Something like that. Or or something like, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's like D-O-Q-U-I. Yeah. But like, uh, he comes back apparently in all the RoboCop sequels, or at least the three RoboCop sequels, the two RoboCop sequels that were like film sequels. I don't I don't know if he's in the miniseries or anything like that, but um, I've never seen any other RoboCop movie. I hear like he has a jetpack in one of the other movies at some point. Um, I think he fights a ninja in RoboCop 3. It gets wild. I mean, the, at the, some the point. First, the, the only RoboCop movie that was like, Verhoeven-y and like like 
like the other I, from what I've heard they kind of lose the plot quite a bit and you, you have to watch it more for the wackiness than for like yeah. actually anything like actually having a possible message sure but um yeah I, but I've never actually seen them to make any real judgment that way well and I mean we are friends with the well the director of the TV miniseries did he directed the TV movie miniseries yeah thing? which it was uh it was shot in Canada yeah yeah they, the, I, I actually have a story uh the, yeah the first time uh, we went to uh to his, uh, his name's Julian Grant. Um, the first time we went to their their apartment for something, um, that's like walk around. He has all these posters of all the like. Movies we went to and... their apartment because I was in a I was in a yeah. Film. You were in a film of his. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying the first time we went. To, I, yeah, I didn't actually have the backstory, but anyway, we went to their went to their apartment and um, you know and like he has all these cool posters of these movies that he like you know directed. He did he did a lot of work, mostly for hire. <laughs> you know, like he he'd be the first to admit. You know, oh he was yeah. doing it for a paycheck. But um, one of the fun things was I just happened to be walking through and there's like a RoboCop mask. Like like helmet just sitting you know on there I'm like oh my god you know it wasn't the one from this movie obviously but it was from like the TV movie version of it and it's the same design it yeah looks, looks the exact exactly same. same and it looks just as plastic as the one yes in the movie. yeah <laughs> like, we're that thinking is that so, this is like like as a kid I didn't realize how much that looked like plastic but yeah, it totally is it obvious does. I mean they say it's metal covered in Kevlar so yeah. maybe you could try to say like oh it's the Kevlar spray over it or something right. like that but right. like, yeah no yeah no it is uh, it is not. Um, and then, um, so anyway, um, then we, we then we, we then cut we to the cut corporation, to the corporation OCP, OCP, and, uh, yeah, and this we is meet where we really, Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer playing Warden, I think, Bobby? No, not Bobby. Um, his last name's Warden. Yeah. I can't remember his I first it was name. Bobby. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, because Bobby's the one who can fly. Oh, right. It's um, let me see. Oh, let's, let me Bob Morton. No, it's Morton, not Warden. Yeah, I wrote Mort- Warden down. And I'm like, Morton. that doesn't sound right. Why am I saying it? Bob like, Morton. Bob but Morton. it is Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Morton. Yeah, let me make sure I'm, I have all the names right. Yes. Um. Oh yeah, Dan O'Hurley as the old man. That's right. The, he's the head of uh, OCP. They never give him a name. He's just the old man. So we also uh, are introduced to Dick Johnson. Who Dick be- Jones. Oh, I said Johnson. I think Dick Johnson's. Dick funnier. Johnson is a, yeah. Well, it's it, much funnier. Yeah, Dick Johnson is is a redundancy. Yeah, it is. Uh, Dick Jones. Sorry. Jones. Um, who I said equals Joe Biden. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick Jones is basically he's Joe Biden. He's literally oh Joe Biden. In oh this my movie. god. Except well, except uh, except he can he doesn't sundown in this movie. Right. He can put together a full sentence. It's kind of amazing. He might be able to beat Trump. Oh, we're recording this on Super Tuesday, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, anyway, Miguel Ferrer, Bob Morton is like a young, like he's like a hotshot young, like grasping executive. Dick Jones is like the older generation. Yes. Um, you know, it's not the, I guess this movie's technically not in the 80s, but, mm. you know, but Bob Morton is the 80s guy. Yeah. Um, and Dick Jones is the is the more old school guy, and then the oldest old school is Dan O'Hurley, the old man, the head of the head of OCP. Yeah. Um, so they, anyway, they're testing their new uh, program, and Jones is heading up a project, the ED two hundred nine project, and that uh, stands for Enforcement Droid two hundred nine. I didn't even catch that part, but well, that I, makes sense. I, yeah, well, he says it. Um, but um, so they, they they go to this board meeting, and and meanwhile Morton is uh, trying to push his project. You know, he's like, I'm telling you, this is not, you know, this is this one isn't going to work. I've got, I've got, mine's going to be a great, much better idea, you know. So, you know, like, and like, we haven't gotten to his project yet um, because the ED-209 comes out. And ED-209 is a walking robot with two machine gun arms. And like, he looks like a, kind of a little bit like one of the scout walkers from, uh, like, from uh, Return of the Jedi, except like much buffer, mm-hmm. you know. And 
He also he's animated actually by by the same person who probably directed it, who actually I believe animated the Walkers in in in, in the Star Wars movies. Phil Tippett, uh, yeah. you know, famous animator, um, who also by the way switched to computer animation and apparently did a lot of work for Verhoeven in Starship Troopers. Oh, there you uh, go. But at this time he was doing purely stop motion. Ed two hundred nine is wonderfully obviously stop motion, but really greatly animated, and he has. I love the fact, I say he, I've given him a personality because he roars like an animal. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. It's almost like they, they took, they took like. They put, they put sound, animal sound effects. Well, yeah, like they, like, yeah, but like specifically went and like stood in front of a rhino and were like, hey, make your noises dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, very it's like, weird. No, it's not even like a rhino. It sounds like a, like a, like, I don't know, like, some, it sounds like a predator. Yeah, you know, I guess like that's a roaring true. Noise, yeah, like that's, a, that's like true. A, like a, like a like a jaguar or something. I don't yeah, know. I don't know true. how jaguar sound specifically, but you know, it has like this, it has a predatory animal noise to it. And anyway, ED 209 is this, you know, it's like this, you know, like this walking death machine, yeah. like, you know, and the reason it's also, they're, they're testing on the Detroit and then they're going to sell it as a military weapon. Right. So, uh, so, so anyway, they, this, like, so they give this example and they get, uh, I think his name was Kenny. It is Kenny. And they, they're like, okay, Kenny, who's like this, like, you know, young, you know, executive guy. He's like, Kenny threatened me with this, you know, threatened, you know, threatened with this gun, you know, or whatever to show the test. And like, he's like, and you know, he holds the gun up to, uh, the Jones and Jones. It's not me, him. And he, so he points the gun at ED-209. ED-209 immediately snaps to him and says, you know, unauthorized firearm, you know, or whatever. Like, put the firearm away. You have 20 seconds to comply and like starts cocking the weapons. So Kenny goes, oh yeah. And it, you know, and it's like, you better put the gun down. And so he puts the gun down and says, you have 15 seconds to comply. Because it didn't re- it didn't register that he um, had actually, had put, actually the put the gun down, and there's this whole moment of like everyone's freaking out, you know, as, yeah. it, as it tracks him. He tries to run away, and they push him away from them. Um, there is they're trying. Uh, it's cut from apparently this is actually in the in the, the the director's cut that is not that it's not in the actual movie. Like you see, like a technician try to pull like pull the wires to get him to shut down, you know, but it fails, and then he just opens fire. And it is brutal. And well, we did see the extended version of it, and it is well, it's brutal to the point of cartoonishness. Yes, I I may have mentioned. I can't remember if I did, but one of the things Verhoeven complained about about the way they cut the violence in it to get to make it less over the top was he actually said it made it seem more realistic. Yeah, like like he actually thought it made it more cartoony, and like like the R-rated version he said actually felt darker and more violent Mm. to him because like. He he like his was almost slapstick. They're like, because Kenny gets just blown ridiculously away to the point, and there's like, and then someone immediately says, "Somebody get a paramedic after the yeah, shooting's done." Yeah. And it's like, what are you talking yeah, about? This no, dude, this dude it, has been turned into pudding. Yeah, there's he, no paramedic. He was shot like seventy times. Yeah, and it's and it's, yes. And like, and I'm talking exploding bullets, like gore everywhere. This guy was just destroyed. And by and the so, way, and then I, I, and then basically on. the old man's like, you know, like tells uh, Jones, Jones like this is this this can't happen. This is I'm this very is, disappointed. I'm very disappointed. And also, then and then Morton Jones said, "Yo, you're about to say something." I was about to say something. Um, it may be far gone, but um, just based on the notes that I wrote, it real I realized I wrote Kenny dead, and then I was like, "Oh my God, they killed Kenny, no, <laughs> those bastards!" Boo! boo. <laughs> I, I wish I I wish I just kept talking no, over you. Good. But it's true. I did write that. Um, um, no, I, I, I believe you. Uh, no, but then, so but then immediately Morton dives in, 
in perfect shitty Miguel Ferrer manner. <laughs> God, what a shitty guy. He was so good at playing shitty yeah. assholes. Oh, I miss him so much. I know, me too. Um, so, uh, you know, oh, Albert. I know. Uh, but uh, he just jumps in with, with the Robocop project, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and like basically, he, he basically seized his opportunity and now uh, the Robocop project is going to be set in. All they need now and they know it's a high-risk area and it happens all the time, all they need is for an officer to go down. Yep. Um, and that um, is where we get back into Murphy and Lewis out on patrol. Well, or actually, they get called. Or I think it's a- important also just to note this, that we see this brutal attack on one of their executives, one of the people that they work with every single day. They're shocked and horrified that this happened in about the... 30 seconds. Yeah. And then oh, yeah, yeah, they I, I, literally I, I, just, it's like business right, this as is usual. A, this is a very much like, this is very much like a, look, this is corporate, this is what the corporate world is like. These people have no souls. They don't really care. Right. It's like, oh, it's tragic that Kenny died so horribly, but now this is going to be bad for profits and we need to like. We need to move on and figure out what we're going to do to fix. And uh, so essentially, yeah. So essentially uh, what ends up happening now is that we move into I think they're just on patrol. They, they weren't are. called out. It's no. just they're just they're just on patrol and they get a report of a robbery or some sort. I can't remember. Something what. going on. Like Boddicker's gang is is being spotted and so they end up on a chase. Uh, and you know, they end up they, they end up chasing Boddicker and his gang. And by the way, welcome back to the podcast, Ray Wise. <laughs> <laughs> playing, playing, just sort of a henchmany character. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of weird because I always think of Ray Wise as being in charge. Yeah, like, like I always think of him as more of a head villain, but he's very much just, just or or good old Saul Gan. Good old Saul Gan. <laughs> yeah, the 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 occasional non-villain that he is that mm, one time. That one time. Either a villain or a really overbearing dad. Yeah. Those are the two parts he normally plays. I guess Saul Gan isn't overbearing even, but he's a dad. Uh, and, well, but, and in, and and how about this in. In Twin Peaks, which is not from our podcast, we can't talk about that. <laughs> well, I'm going to spoil it. If we, we actually no, almost spoiled just... Twin Peaks. Uh, like I almost spoiled Twin Peaks last time we brought. Oh, it up. I was just going to say that that you know he 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 plays a dad, a, a dad. Yeah, and uh, we'll just move on from there. Um, so uh, anyway, we get so we get this car chase. Like, and again, the, the cops go right to shooting, and they mm-hmm. go right to shooting cops because yes. it's like a war zone. It's like yeah. you know, there's there's no there's no like due process. At all, I don't remember the names of any of the dudes in the in the gang. But uh, one of the dudes... uh, Ray Weiss is Leon. Um, Boddicker obviously is Boddicker. Uh Let's see. I can. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, there's Joe. That's Jesse Goins. Goins. Uh, oh Colin yeah. Crane is Emil. Okay. Ray Weiss is Leon. So uh, and Calvin Young is uh, is Steve Min. So that's the Vietnamese guy. Uh, oh right. The Vietnamese guy. Uh, Jesse Goins is the African American one. Uh, Ray Wise is uh, Ray Wise. Uh, Paul McCrane is the balding, weird, uh, weird guy with like the with the with the goatee. That's Emil. Um, yeah, that's about that's about so, it. As far as so Goins' character mm-hmm. um, throws Lewis off of this like scaffolding or you know bridge like thing in this warehouse. Well, we have you are jumping the gun Why? because you've skipped a very important thing in the car chase, which is they're trying to get the cops to lose him, and one of them gets shot. Bobby. Oh, we forgot about Bobby. I'm you sorry. You cannot cut the, the You're right. very, I forgot about Bobby. very classic line, can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> you know? So Bobby gets shot. And then Bobby gets shot. And like, so basically to slow them down, they just fucking throw That's Bobby right, right out of the car. Mm-hmm. Like to show that Boddicker has no regard for human life. 
even his own henchman. He just chucks him right at the windshield of their car. They end up, yeah, they end up chasing them into a into, into an like a warehouse. warehouse. Yeah, and this is all part of like the whole idea of this is Detroit. It was it used to be an industrial town. It used to have all these factories. So a lot of this movie is set in abandoned factories. Right, you know that used to be bustling and now are just full of crime and, and abandonment. Uh, so they end up splitting up. Um, Joe Cox uh, kicks uh, kicks uh, Lewis off of a off of a, you know off of a ledge. Um, he thinks she's dead. Yeah, um, she's not. Well, but this all comes about because he's taking a piss. Yeah, he's taking a piss, and she comes up to him, and and she's like, and he's got his dick out, and like and he basically. Like says, you can I zip it up? And she kind of like looks down looks at down, it. and he slaps the gun out of her hand yeah. and kicks her off a ledge. Uh, but then, um, so uh, but um, but Emil gets cornered by Murphy, and Murphy says, "Dead or alive, you're coming with me." Oh, I forgot to mention. There's a whole scene where Murphy's like spinning a gun. Yeah, we need to talk about that. That's necessary because he spins in front of Lewis before they go out. This is their like bonding moment. Yeah, and she's making fun of him, like like oh, Mister, you know, cool guy. He's like, it's from some TV show that his son likes. Like I can't remember what it's called. Was something like it was not TJ Hooker, but it was something like it was like TJ Laser. Yeah, it's TJ Laser. (laughs) TJ Laser, and like it's like this cop show his son loves, and you know his son is like you know like. Basically, like that character spins his gun, so he learned how to spin a gun, and like he's like, "Oh, you're doing impress your son." He's like, "Oh, it's, it's kind of fun," yeah. <laughs> you know. So, but like we need to, we need to establish that that's one one of the few things she actually knows about him. Very yeah, well. and they have like that's you can tell that they would probably make good par- partners. Yeah, no, they get along fine. Yeah, they get along fine. You know, and like, but yeah, he's like, but anyway, so he says, "Dead or alive, you're coming with me to yes. Emil." And then there's a, there's a thing he he he. He has email cornered and whatever, and then, uh, but then everybody else shows up. Yes. And then we get just, and this is a scene that was the most stuff was added. Although it, it, I remember it being very brutal to begin with. Yeah. But the added stuff in it is just like, like Murphy is brutally killed and tortured first, like with like he like Boddicker blows his hand off, yeah, blows just... his the rest of his arm off. Like shoots him many, many, many times, and eventually puts a bullet in his forehead. So there's yeah. Murphy. Mm. That's a that's a wrap on him. We won't see him again, right? Right. Uh, anyway, like yeah, the last thing you see, like you see, like an overhead shot of him, like just a wrecked body. Like they all, there's a scene where they're all laughing and shooting at him at once. You know, you know, like it's 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 absolutely brutal. Yeah. And you know, essentially they leave, you know, laughing their asses off. And um, Lewis and, comes and in. Lewis finds comes him. in and finds him and. They manage to rush him, and he's not actually dead. He's, he's damn close. close to dead. He's he damn did. close, and he ends up being declared legally dead. While, like during the course of them rushing him over, right? Because they're trying to, they're they're doing like, um, but they need compressions, to, and they and then and then it switches to one of the most famous shot sequences in the movie, mm-hmm. which is it's uh, like a cam- like everyone's talking to the camera like it's his eyes. You know, first you see like people just leaning over him, like like you see him like trying to intubate him and all that, like all the crazy doctor stuff, and then it cuts into like flashbacks and yes. dreams of him, yes. his kid talking to him and his wife talking to him you know and then uh and then it cuts back to him and he's like it's like like he's in like a lab and people are looking at him and like Miguel Ferrer like looks right at him he's like tapping you know like can you see me or whatever you know like yeah. there's this whole you know they take him on and offline you know and like you know like you cut to scenes of like the scientist drunk at a party yes. like you know and they see him stand up and they're laughing you know 
and you know they shut him back down and turn turn him back on. Like it's basically over time, they're basically working him to like like over a period of what is one can assume based on the time frame, a couple of months, months. maybe. Yeah, um, that's what I would have said too. Until like they they basically have made the prototype RoboCop. Uh, you know, which you know, so now we actually have our full on RoboCop. Yeah, actually, um, Miguel Ferrer says something. He, he, I think he says right into his like lens. Yeah. He says, "You are going to be a bad motherfucker." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, they're like they're, there's this whole um, you know thing, and they, they they so they introduce RoboCop to the police force. Yes. And there's a whole scene of like, oh, this, this is our salute. And remember, the police force doesn't have a say in this because they are being basically run by a company. Right. Like OCP has like kind of like the like the way like uh, you know Laz has the parking monopoly ocp has the police monopoly well i was also going to say don't forget he has the three directives and i think those yeah. are oh yeah they entered yeah they have three three di- yeah directives. three directives and i i actually can't remember what the fucking three directives I are i don't remember what they are but, like either. it's like to serve and protect protect the innocent yeah. uphold the law there's and a third there's one, a third one. And, and, and there's the, a secret fourth directive that's that we classified do not, that's classified and that's all we know is it yeah. says classified you know which I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that that won't turn up later and it's not, not Chekhov's directive in any no, way shape or form please um, I, it's I not can't like remember, anyone I can't would put all the that in. I'm kind of sad, <laughs> and it's it's not in the Wikipedia. How could it not it? be in the Wikipedia? That's weird. Yeah, let me see. Oh no, here it is. Yeah, here it is. It is in here. Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. That's there we it. go. That makes sense. So yeah, he's assigned to Metro West, and like he's basically, you know, he comes in, show like the like they see him, like you see him, like shooting the target perfectly. You know, well like, before, but I want to with a crazy gun. They're like they're all like amazed by his awesome gun, which he has a holster that, in his leg hole. But before that. And, and that's important, but I think before that, we, we have to remember that we've only been seeing it from his point of view. We haven't seen what he looks like yet. So when they finally do the reveal, it's it's actually, I think it's done really well because we have this idea of what we think he's going to look like, you know, because... And if, we, and if we saw the poster, we know what he's going to look like. Right, but my point is that, like, because they, it, it go, I mean, I think it's actually, I, I got to give him some, you know, props here as far as directing goes because it... It does actually do a really nice job of that anticipation and giving the audience like a minute to kind of, you know, yeah. take it in. And then all of a sudden we see what they see. Like we see what the cops see. We see it from their point yeah. of view, which I think was actually a really oh, good yeah, deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's introduced like, yeah. I think that's like, so smart. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and his design, and the design on the suit, it's, it's a classic design. It's, yeah. like, it's it like, yeah, it has that reminiscence of like a Judge Dredd and everything. But the whole thing is designed to be like super streamlined and futuristic it's all like swooping lines there's, there's no i don't think there are any straight lines in it at all i don't think so i mean he has that like his eyes look like a single like it looks like a cyclops from the yes. x-men like a yes. single visor but it's all, but it's done as an oval and it curves across his face yes even the angle of it it angles slightly forward on his face like the way that the helmet on the top does yeah. it's all like curves and like it's i, I think it's designed originally to look kind of like hockey pads mm. I think that was the original design idea, but like they obviously added a whole bunch of stuff to it. Like he's, oh, and there's a whole thing. Oh, I forgot to mention. Like there's a whole thing where they talk about we think we can save the arm, and he's and and Bob Morton's like I don't care you know, about the arm. Yeah, he's a shit about the arm. Like so, what if you can save it? He's gonna have a brand new one. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't like, matter. Like so, ba- but uh, and you learn. Uh, but anyway, you learn essentially his like he's he's this you know like he's mostly machine. He has no memory of his past, except the only thing the only part of his memory that like supposedly exists is his experience as a lawman yeah and that's why they're using that instead of just a a pure robot right you know is it's like it like it has the instincts of a cop 
but the reaction time of a robot and the relentlessness of a robot. He's got. But this, it still has the ability to learn, I think. Yeah, but but like but like like the idea is like he's not. He's just a property. He's a thing. Right, he's it's a not thing. A yeah, no, exactly. That's the whole point behind the the project. Yes. And one of the things you, uh, I was gonna say like what was I? I there was. Um, I was. I actually had something to say, and I can't remember. Oh, but the, one of the things I talk about is like his digestive system has been vastly oh, simplified. Yes. So like he gets fed a, a nutritional paste that's essentially baby food. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, which comes up later, because um, he is he is still technically alive. It's just you know. Very simplistically. Yeah, he's just basically like the barest rudiments of what would make a living thing. Right. And the rest is machine. Um. um it's like he is not a robot, even though they call him RoboCop. He's technically Cyborg Cop, right? You know. Um, so um, we got to get to the next part of this, where he is RoboCop, and it's the and first he, time you see him out on patrol, he goes on patrol. He basically says, or somebody says, might have been Miguel Ferrer, says he need, he'll need a car. And so the dust sergeant throws him a, throws him keys, and he gets he behind. Just, the he wheel. catches it and just drives off, off, and he goes off by himself. Um, and the first, I think, the first thing he does is he stops that convenience store robbery. You know, in yeah. the convenience store, there's these people watching this. Uh, I can't remember what Bixby something. Uh, oh, like, yeah. I can't remember what the character's called, but he's very famous. You know, the I'll buy that for, for a dollar. dollar. And yeah. there was forever, and it probably still exists, but I blocked it ages ago. There's like a Twitter bot that if you say something like a dollar or if you say Robocop, maybe it, it like he just pops up and says, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> like it's designed, it's obnoxious. Really uh, obnoxious. I don't know if it's still around or if it got shut down, but I blocked it years ago. That's but actually like, very annoying. But, uh, but yeah, that's like a running thing. Like he's obviously a Benny Hill something styled yeah. character. Like it's set up like he's like a very famous comedian. Everyone's laughing at him. And then apparently, I'll buy that for a dollar is his catchphrase. But um, this robber comes in, uh, the like threatens him with a gun. The the woman, it's like a married couple, like manages to set off the silent alarm. Yeah. And then RoboCop shows up, um, and the guy like basically shoots him a few times, and the bullets like do no, have no effect on his armor. And then he basically throws him through a <laughs> throws him through a cooler. Yeah. You know, and they're like, "Thank you." You know, like they're how can we ever thank you? He's like, you know, he's just like, you know, like I'm here to serve or whatever. I can't remember what he says. Some some sort of generic things. Um, and then we get a scene um, with. Um, and then we get a scene where he's like, "This is there's a woman being harassed by two yes. men who are like clearly uh, trigger warning yeah. about rape. Uh, they're you know they're they're clearly going to sexually assault her and they're picking on her. They like cut off part of her hair. They've yeah, got like really knives evil. and it's like, you know. And then Robocop pulls up and uh, one of them like basically holds her hostage. He's like standing by, with her in front of him and got like a knife to her neck and he's gonna threatening to kill her. And uh, Robocop basically uh, in one of the one of the most famous scenes for me at least the one that stuck with me. He shoots through her skirt between her legs and blows the dude's dick off. Yep. <laughs> Verhoeven, ladies and gentlemen, Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Uh, so anyway, yeah, remember that when RoboCop shot that dude in the dick? <laughs> that is uh, definitely like a top a, a top moment for me. Yeah. As far as um, that's the moment when I I think whenever I was a kid, when I was like, okay, this movie's fucking awesome. So um, I think he then isn't the, the next thing is that, then there then there's a hostage. Oh, what what doesn't is it? he say your move creep? Yeah, he might have said yeah your move. He might say that. I can't remember. I didn't well, write I it wrote down. it down. Then that's probably when he says okay. your move creep. Yeah, and then um, right after that, then there's like, what? Go ahead. Then uh, after that, we, oh, by the way, you know what we never mentioned at the beginning of the movie? Hmm. The one of the, they have these two newscasters that come through the movie. One yes. of them, I like, it's, I don't know who it was, but he's like, I think he's he looks like vaguely like he looks like he's maybe like, like 
some percentage of Asian American, but like very newscastery. Yeah. And then the other one is Lisa Gibbons. Lisa Gibbons. <laughs> but she's not playing Lisa Gibbons. No. She's playing a newscaster. But she's basically being Lisa Gibbons. Yeah, it's. Really I just fun. remembered that, and I was like, oh, I forgot to mention the, that. I don't think I put that in my the notes. The hostage situation is the is it the mayor? The mayor is being held hostage by a former employee or something like yeah, that, who, and like who's been fired, or maybe it's the for, no, it's not the it might have been the, might have been the guy that was some guy got the fired. incumbent mayor and was maybe maybe I don't the, I don't remember. No, maybe he lost an election. Lost the election. I think it was a councilman who lost yeah, an election. It doesn't. And matter. He's held. He's got the mayor. He's holding the mayor hostage. He's like at the whole. Like basically, they're all there trying to negotiate. Uh, you know, and you, you see like you see like the, they they've got like the head of the SWAT team being interviewed, and all of a sudden, yeah, Meg Ryan by the way apparently makes a, a cameo. Meg Ryan. She just looks like Meg Ryan. Yeah, but it looks like Meg Ryan. Like like well, she's already person. been a Top Gun at this point. I know, but she's it was like it looked just reporter. like Meg Ryan. But um, um, yeah, it's a very Meg Ryan esque reporter. Yeah, you know, very charming, I guess. Yes. <laughs> you know, but but she doesn't even say anything. She just no, she just shoves like an extra. But. Um, so anyway, like they're trying to like they're basically uh, Robocop shows up and they all rush to him instead of the the SWAT team guy like you know and, and he's and he's just basically like get out of the way you know excuse me citizens I you know yeah. and he basically just uh, tells the uh, you know tells the the negotiator to keep them talking like the SWAT guy like yeah. keep him talking and they're like what are you doing you can't just and he just walks in. You know, and you see him like basically this guy's like got like he's already killed a hostage. Yes. And you, they even show you see the hostage's body on the floor that he killed, and uh, he's yelling out the window. He's making all these crazy demands. He first of all he wants his office back. Yeah, which is like insane. And he wants a nice car, a, a six thousand SUX. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a, a, a pretend car from the future, the SUX, which, which is, is phenomenal. <laughs> so you see him talking through the windows, and uh, you, you basically we got Chekhov's window here. So, you know, he comes up to the window. He, ultimately, he, at, he ends up with the mayor with a gun to his head. He's yelling out the window. But RoboCop has been tracking him this whole time using heat, his heat-sensitive vision. And all of a sudden, he just fucking, like, comes through the wall like Rudger Hauer and Blade Runner yeah. and pulls the, the dude through the wall and ends up chucking him out a different window. Beautiful. Beautiful <laughs> uh, you know, So it's, like, completely over the top. Um, That's a movie with Stallone. Yes, <laughs> playing all our greatest hits. And then there's something about, I, I wrote something about a TV spot. Oh, oh the Nukem. Yeah, well, that's before Nukem, though. Before Nukem, they, they, they talk about Lee Iacocca elementary, elementary school, school. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the 80s. You can tell it's the 80s. First of all, well, Iacocca was, you know, the guy who saved the Detroit auto industry, yeah. supposedly, in the 80s, and et cetera. He, everyone loved Lee Iacocca in the 80s. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's there's talk about war in Mexico, but it's not what you think. Like, it's not like the Chiapas, uh, like all the places, you know, that no, like, it's, like where the, it's in Acapulco, but there's like, there's like rebels in Acapulco. Because again, like the more you talk about it, like it's like the news just, the world is really horrible in this movie. And you, you just get glimpses of what, of like the dystopia that's everywhere. And the fact that the newscasters, every time that they do these, they're smiling, they're and, smiling laughing. and laughing about it. And, and, yeah, very... and then there's a commercial for a game called Nukem, which is basically like some sort of mix of risk and battleship. And let me just tell you that it was really at this moment that I, I paused the movie and I looked at John and I was like, I'm actually really surprised that you didn't think I would really like this movie. Well, again, like I get like, I, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like if you're not on board for it, this is a movie that I could I could see you going either way on this movie. Yeah, and I understand that. I, I yeah. actually can, but I because because my humor really does kind of fall into the world of appreciating. You have to be on the right side of the satire, of course, because if this was like 
honoring fascism, I'd be on a, you know, or honoring corporations versus satirizing it. Mm -hmm. I would have, I would not like this movie, but because it's on the right side, it's on the correct yeah. side of right, the, yeah. the, 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 the politics. Although, I'm this all is, although this is a movie that many people have accused of being very fascistic. So, you know, you have to. That's yeah. interesting because, yeah. I mean. Well, and some people, some people have actually called it like fascism for liberals because it's so ultra violent, but it has a, but it has a left wing, uh, you know, like undercurrent I guess, to it. but like, I don't think of it in those terms. I mean, no, I don't the either. Violence I just, I, yeah, I, I, and I, and, and one has to remember that Verhoeven grew up in like a like totally was, different. Yeah, Verhoeven uh, was born in 1939 in, in Holland, and yeah. you know, he, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, what happened around his basically his early childhood. Like he, he's very aware of what fascism is and what it does. Right. Um. You know, but um. So yeah, and then we cut to like the the executive washroom. Yeah. Uh, which now Morton can get into. And... Oh wait, no, is that next or isn't it? I thought the next thing that happens is, is that when Paul McCrane tries to? Run? No, not yet. Oh, not yet. No, you're no, right. no. You're, no oh, you're, you're right. You're right. It's he, before he, this. That's right. Yeah, like Morton, Morton, and, and and one of his buddies is going to the executive washroom, and they're sitting at they're talking at the urinal, and he's making fun of like and like his buddies like man, be, be careful, man. You, like man, Dick Dick is not you know gonna be happy with you, and he, you know he's like fuck Dick, you know. I, you know, like that old fossil, you know, like I, like he's basically bad mouthing him, and uh, and of then, course he's taking, and then you see like a shot of like feet in the, in the, the stall, of someone taking a shit, which is clearly Jones. He gets out, and everyone scatters, you know, except for except for Morton, and and Dick basically threatens him yeah. to his face, and and Morton is clearly nervous, but like plies to play it cocky, yeah, you know, and like. Essentially, you know, like it's yeah, like obviously Morton's in in for it. I can't believe I, I can't believe I for some reason had it written as Warden. I know his name was Morton. Who cares? I know. So anyway, um, and then RoboCop has a nightmare. Yes. They, they he's shut down. They're, he's supposed to have no brain activity. They have like a little EC, EEG yeah. uh, thing going on. Looks more, well, it looks more like a seismograph to be honest. It does. And it, like, and he has he starts having nightmares about his death and. You know, he, like, the machine goes haywire, all the, like, I'm moving my hands, like, the little, like, scriggles go, like, they go completely insane from, like, nothing to, like, craziness. And then he just gets up, like, like unplugs himself uh, and just leaves, and they try to stop him. He just, like, pushes them out of the yes. way. Uh, Lewis runs up to him, because Lewis has seen him, we, we forgot to mention, when he was oh, shooting the guns, yeah. Lewis saw him after he was done shooting the gun with his cool at the, gun. At like, the brr, brr, brr. Yeah. He has, like, this weird pistol that, like, is a machine gun, but also a pistol, you know, which, it, it's the 80s. It would have it run out of ammo instantly. But <laughs> but it's the 80s, so you, he never has to reload. Um, so, but after he's done doing the shooting, he takes the gun and he just spins, spins it like it. Murphy used to do. And then, like, there's a holster that appears in his leg that he puts it in and then it slides and into it. And that's the moment and where that's when Lewis, you see Lewis realized... sees it and goes, oh. oh. And so he, she runs up and tries to ask him his name. And he's like, I do not understand. Like, he doesn't understand the question. And he's like, just trying to go by her. And she's like, Murphy, I know it's you, or whatever. You know, and yeah. he, he, like, and he kind of looks like, confused for a second but keeps going and then he basically that's when he basically goes out like to try and figure out what the hell's going on yes and like this is where robocop is like starting to become aware that he there's something he can't remember yes that he can only vaguely remember and then he go this is when he's he, so he's out on patrol just trying to figure things out and he starts almost trying to track yeah and he ends up dudes. he ends up like seeing a robbery 
at a gas station and uh, basically Emil has is basically threatening this dude who's like trying to do geometry Ge- homework plain, plain geometry yeah homework and, and it, like using like this little kiosk thing and like you know like it's got like the bulletproof glass, but it has the slot. So he's just pointing the gun through the slot at him, and the guy's like freaking out, and he's trying to like take basically. So Emil's gassing up his motorcycle and smoking a cigarette at the same time, which is That's of course smart. like you're like, well, going back to the third Chekhov's thing, Chekhov's cigarette. Yes. Um, so anyway, this poor guy is being <laughs> threatened. Chekhov's gas station. Yeah, he's terrified, you know, and and Emil is gassing his motorcycle. That's when Robocop shows up, and Robocop looks at him and says and says. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. And then that's when uh, Emil goes <gasps> and yeah, realizes, realizes it's the, it like is. he has the flashback to like, and he's like, we killed you. You're yeah, dead. Yeah. You know, and he's like shooting and trying to fight and, Ro- and Robocop's like beating the crap out of him. But he ends up, um, Emil ends up escaping by throwing like there's like, you know, like there's gasoline spilled everywhere because like, you know, that he had been, shooting. like he had been gassing up his motorcycle and like, it, like the, the cable of the, the gas, uh, what do you call it? The hose yeah. gets shot through. They so didn't have, yeah, I was going to say they, don't, they didn't have a fail safe back then. Yeah. Well, it gets, no, it actually gets okay, shot. It gets it's shot like there's a hole right. in the tube, so it's just it's pouring just out. Like yeah, gas is going you know, everywhere. And going everywhere. And so That's Emil true. ends up throwing a lit cigarette and driving off on his motorcycle, and the whole gas station blows up. So I guess that poor geometry kid get bl- got blown to hell anyway. Robocop did not save him, but Robocop mm-hmm. just walks through the flames and is fine. Yes. You know, um, and, but now he's got this, he's like replaying the memory of, we shot you, you know, like, cause he can record when he's taught, like, that's right. He records what he sees he can and he can replay it, replay it back. And he's playing back this, you know, things. Um, so then he goes uh, to the, the like computer offices of the, of the police station. And this is where we get Chekhov's data spike. <laughs> Chekhov did a lot of work. Chekhov worked very. Chekhov did some punch up on this. Yeah, he really did. Um, he actually introduced the sad poet, uh, who is, you know, That's a right. character that is. No, anyway, it's been so long since I read the Seagull, I couldn't. You were close. <laughs> the poet Trigorin. Yes. I, I, you know, what's funny is I don't even remember uh, the Seagull, but I remember the Bill Murray thing where he's the poet. Uh, uh, not Bill Murray. Um, Bill Murray's in it, but it's um. It's an SNL bit with Michael Palin where Michael oh. Palin plays the poet Trigorin. Oh. Uh, but he has to escape from a box in time. Like there's a production of The Seagull and he has to escape from a box in time to deliver his his dialogue. It's, so a, that's it's bizarre. It's, it's bizarre. It's very it's 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 the closest mix of Monty Python and SNL you'll probably ever see. Okay. I just remember that Bill Murray was in that sketch, but it, yeah, it was Palin was playing Trigorin and Bill Murray was like the other character and then there what I think it was Lorraine Newman was was the third. But anyway, uh, that's an aside that it goes nowhere with my brain. Anyway, he goes and he sticks. He has this spike that comes out, like, essentially, it's like the middle knuckle, and so it looks like a middle finger. And he can, like, it's kind of like R2-D2 does in, uh, you know, in Star Wars. He basically just shoves it through this, like, port. And, and he, he uploads, uploads the image of this guy, and they, they use it to, like, use, like, a face sorter thing to find a, a mugshot. He figures out that's Emil, whatever, Yablonsky or whatever yeah. his last name Yablonsky. is. It's something. It's something. It's some sort of uh, Slavic right. name. Might not, if it's not Yablonsky, it's probably damn close. It's uh, Antonowski. Antonowski. Emil Antonowski. He finds out he's a member of Boddicker's gang. He looks up Boddicker, and then he has like a flashback Wait, again. Boddicker's gang. I wonder if that, the Benneker gang. Yes, the Benneker gang is entirely, <laughs> eventually in the future. Uh, what ends up happening is uh, it's actually, um, you know, uh, uh, Andrew McCarthy ends up turning into Kurtwood Smith. They become yeah. they're all they're all killers. That makes basically, sense. that okay. makes that makes perfect it's sense. A really it's good brutal. sequel. To they moved back from Hawaii. Yeah, they, you know, remember when they drove to oh, Hawaii? Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> they drove to Hawaii. In that movie, <laughs> that must be Bahamas or Islands. Um, 
So anyway, <laughs> God, I love God, that movie. Oh, what a gang. Uh, so anyway, he figures out Boddicker. Um, he figures out all of this other stuff. He, then he realizes, like, the officers that Boddicker kills, he sees Murphy. Yeah. And he looks up Murphy. And he looks up Murphy's address. Yep. And then he goes to Murphy's home. And yep. he, the home is now empty and it's for sale. And in a, it's not 100% accurate to modern times. But, but it's like, close. But they, but they in, in a, uh, in like, in a nod to, like, you know, like, it's almost self-service things. There's just a computer screen, realtor thing that, like, there's these It almost looks like an ATM. House. Well, it's because they didn't have the idea of, like, flat screens yeah. in the 80s. That was, yeah, an, no, that was I'm so saying, imaginary. Yeah. yeah, it looks like an ATM, but it's, like, it's a big computer monitor. And yeah. it's, like, but there's multiple ones through the house as you can walk through. It'll tell you about the house. So he's walking through this empty house, but you also see it flickers between empty house and his memories. His memories. Of, of the house full of people and, and, and people activity. being his wife his family. and his and his family you know and, and yeah and at one point like really he sad. at one point um you know he punches the the tv like all the way back yeah. to the 80s because because at the end of it he punches the tv and it cuts to like this 80s ass club yeah, yeah but obviously really, oh, yeah. but to go before i before i go like you can see like the memories are starting to come back to him and he's yes. starting to like he's getting overwhelmed so he punches the tv with the realtor's face jump smash cut to this weird crazy club yes like this 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 club that looks kind of like the the logical extension of the party that was in girls this one yes. or the club that batman beats the hell out of uh uh Eric Robertson in oh, uh, Dark Knight, yeah, kind of, but, but 80s out. There's all these like Liberty Spike, out. like yes. like punk neon. club kids and neon and everything. And Ray Wise is dancing in the club. Yes, <laughs> Leon. Um, and uh, he pulls a gun on Robocop. Robocop just appears out of nowhere, yeah. like walking through, and he pulls a gun out and uh, gets it gets knocked out of his hand. And then like the dumbest motherfucker on the planet, he tries to give a nut shot. Yes, to Robocop. to Robocop. He kicks him right in the metal dick. It hurts his foot. Um, and then, uh, you know, basically, he's like, where is Boddicker or whatever, you know. And By then, the way, I wrote, Ray Wise is not wise. No. <laughs> More like Ray unwise, am I right? <laughs> oh, you are. So, um, so Miguel Ferrer, we cut back to him. Uh, he's, doing, he's doing coke with girls. Yeah. He's do, like he's like basically doing blow off of a woman's chest whenever Boddicker shows up. Yes, and he says the immortal line, "Bitches, Bitches leave." leave. <laughs> um, and then um, basically brings like, and he and he shoots uh, he shoots uh, Nelson Mini Nelson Morton Nelson. I don't know. I have no idea where my brain is. He shoots Morton in the legs after yes. the women run out. Yes, like like he sh- so he he's like laying there like you know like. Like he's like he's laying there, like screaming for begging for his mercy, and that's when Boddicker walks over to the TV. And I swear to God, this is nineteen eighty fucking seven. Laserdiscs existed then, but he pulls out what looks like a DVD. It does. It looks like a DVD. I think it's a compact disc. Yeah, is what the prop is, and he puts it in. Like this is this is a decade before DVDs were a thing. Yeah, and he pops it in, and it's uh, and and Dick Jones is there, and basically he taunts him and says, you know, like. You know, like, I, like, oh, I'm old. I'm right, and... right about now, you, you're you probably begging for your life. Yeah. You know, it's like, we could have been friends. Yeah. But now, you know. And basically, Boddicker puts, like, pulls the pin on a grenade. It's really weird because he pulls the pin on a grenade that's also a time bomb. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, he puts it down and has, like, a timer. And he just leaves. Morton tries to run to, to like, you get know, rid like, of get, it. Get but, he's, like, but he's got many bullet holes in his legs. Yeah, he can't. So he... It, like basically, re, like he, he's reached before he almost grabs it right as the thing goes to zero and the whole his whole house blows up. Right. He's like bye bye Bob or whatever something you know so long Bob or whatever or you're 
not you're fired, Bob. Whatever it is. Bye bye, Bob. Bye bye. Bye bye, Bob. So then we get then we cut to a cocaine factory. Yes, because that's where. Well, you yeah, it's like, like, well, it's it's basically it's basically like a huge drug den being run by the old school mafia of Detroit. Yeah. You know, they're like straight up like the Italian mafiosos, um, and. Essentially, I mean, complete with he has a glass of red wine. It's kind of rad, man. But I'm like that. I mean, it was like if we weren't so. To be honest, to be honest, cocaine and red wine is is pretty much like well, that's a Fleetwood Mac album (laughs) waiting to happen. (laughs) So so anyway, like so, Boddicker and his gang show up and they're talking about how much coke they're going to need because they're going to be flooding the city with coke and everything. And but because they're going to be buying so much, they they expect a deal. Right. And there's this real tense thing where they're like. You know, they're like they're going back and forth with the mob. And they all pull guns at each other, and there's a huge showdown, and it turns into like, all right, all right, and everyone laughs, and they're you know, it looks like they're going to start getting along. Yeah. And this is going to be the big end where Boddicker is going to really flood because he's going basically the whole idea is Jones is hiring Boddicker to ruin the city to the point where they need these war machines yeah. so they can then sell them, you know, to you know to the military. Uh, so anyway. Um, Anyway, what happens is RoboCop shows up, and then we get we get a whole bunch of acrobatic deaths. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Robo- I, what like, I called there's it was just the fucking cocaine, cocaine I said, everywhere. I said and, cocaine factory bloodbath. Yeah, it's like, cocaine factory bloodbath. By the way, is my favorite bottle surfers album, which is a best? joke I have made at least seven times on this. Yeah, actually, I make that joke all the time. Anytime, anytime you put three random words together, I'm going to call it my favorite bottle surfers album. Just just so you know. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, there's there, there's coke everywhere. There's cocaine. blood everywhere. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> to pull this one. Cocaine Factory Bloodbath, name of your sex tape. <laughs> no, the name, of my, the name of my sex tape is Derek's Airstream Fuckyard. Isn't that the best name the best ever? Name. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Fans of our other podcast don't exist, but if you if they did, that would be something they would know. Yeah, they would be laughing right now. Hard Grace Night. Don't don't listen to it because then I'll have to keep making it. Please, um, please listen to it so then we can keep making it. Okay. So anyway, uh, basically... Um, Robocop just fucking murders almost everybody except the Boddicker gang, which mostly escapes. Um, to Hawaii. To no, Hawaii. Kidding. They drive to Hawaii. <laughs> and, then, and he just basically starts throwing Kurtwood Smith through so many candy glass windows. Yeah, it's kind of, like, it's fucking hilarious. I, I it's slapstick. He you know, just keeps tossing him through the best windows. Part, the best part about this is, like, candy glass wasn't cheap. Really? Well, yeah, no, this, this movie had a budget. Yeah, it had a budget. And I just turned to John at one point, and I'm like, my God, that's a lot of candy glass. And he's yeah. like, yeah. And then, and then just as I said that, then he gets thrown through another one. It was really kind of, it was well, kind of like it's, perfect it's, moment. It's straight up slapstick. Yeah, like, it really is. He's just chucking him through glass and like being like, like, you know, like I can't remember what he's asked, what he wants from him, but like. He, he wants information. He wants information. And he ends up, he ends up getting all this like, yeah, he ends up recording. It was Dick Jones. Dick yeah. Jones. I work for Dick. You can't yeah. arrest me. I work for Dick, Dick Jones. Jones. And he books, he basically drags him in and says, book him. Yes. And he ends up, you know, obviously calling Dick Jones. And Jones is like, you know, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't say anything. We'll get you out. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you know, and obviously he's going to get out. But um, so basically now RoboCop is tracking Dick Jones. And by the way, Dick Jones is tracking RoboCop because Chekhov's tracking device. Yes. They have a device that can track him at all times. So so RoboCop is now fi- goes to find Dick Jones and he Shows up. him in the office. And he's about to put him under arrest when, oops. Yeah. Oops. He's not able to. Directive four, directive four happens. And Check then we get like. Directive. Yeah. And basically he's like, it, it, like his system will start shutting down if he attempts to arrest an employee of OCP. Yes. And, you know, which is something that Dick Jones snuck into the design. Yep. Uh, and so basically he's like, you know, like he's like, you know, and then basically Dick Jones introduces his friend. ED-209. 
Ed 209 and uh, Big Ed 209. He marries uh, <laughs> Peggy Lipton eventually. Oh my God, go away. <laughs> spoilers go away. for Twin Peaks The Return. But that's okay because maybe it didn't happen because spoilers for Twin Peaks The Return? I don't know. I don't know that it really is much of a spoiler because there isn't, it's that Well, it. the narrative in Twin Peaks The Return may or may not have happened. Happened, right, exactly. Ever, ever. And may have been undone. <laughs> Oh my God! Why am I even trying to talk like, about Twin Peaks? Please don't even do it. God, I love Twin Peaks, but I can't really talk why about it. Why do I have? Oh, Clarence's pleated pants. I thought that said Clarence's pleasure pants. Oh well, yeah, Clarence's pleasure pants. My favorite <laughs> Battle Surfers album. Um, actually, that's a Battle Surfers song. Clarence, yeah, <laughs> it's off of uh, Cocaine Bloodbath. <laughs> Cocaine Factory Bloodbath. Cocaine Factory Bloodbath. And Clarence's and pleated, tra- <laughs> pleated pants. Um, and weirdly enough, it's actually about a sex tape. <laughs> Well, most Battle Server songs are about a sex tape. Um, so, um, so ED209 shows up and roars at him like an yeah. animal and yeah. attacks him. Um, I, he manages to uh, like he manages to escape into the stairwell, and this is where we learn poor old ED209 can't use stairs. It's a great moment. <laughs> he falls down the stairs. And it's, it's great. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, like, you see him trying, and he's like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Which I've seen a toddler try to go downstairs fairly recently, it's and it's really, exactly the exactly same. Like, the same like, way. I, I swear to God, I think Tippett must have based that off of like filming a toddler trying yeah. to go down a flight of it's stairs. Pretty funny, actually. And then, but then he slip. Once he steps, he slips, falls down, lands on his back. And he's uh, like, a, what is it? A, a turtle. turtle yeah. yeah, he's like a turtle on its back. Like, yeah. ah, can't you know. Get up. So uh, it's, it's Bender so, in that so, one. Yeah. In that one episode. Help, help. Yeah, <laughs> it is exactly it. Um, so uh, basically, um, uh, Robocop uh, runs. He gets into the parking garage where he's cornered by all the cops. Yes. Who are you know working for OCP? And so they go and they they start shooting him like crazy. And he ends up, he basically ends up like, he, he he does the trick of rolling down each of the gaps in between. Like, so he's falling like floor through the, after floor. Through the garage, yeah. Yeah, like the slanted part of the garage. So he, fall, yeah. he falls down for a really long time. Um, he, Lewis ends up uh, coming over to him and helping him escape. Yes. She she brings a car over and she's she like, get in, get in, get in, get in. Get in. And she drives off with him. Yes. And then. Then um, they end up in Gary, Indiana. And then they, and then we get to, uh, what is it, Weird D Dino commercial? Oh yeah, there was that weird stop motion dinosaur oh, commercial, yeah. uh, like which turned out to be an ad for the six thousand SUX, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like it looks like you're watching like a cheesy B movie with like stop motion. Which, God, man, Tiffany got a lot of work in this movie. He really did. He really, you know. And then and then you get a news item about a space laser. The space laser destroys the city of Santa Barbara. Essentially, like hundreds yeah. are dead, including two former U.S. presidents. Yeah. And that's just thrown off as a, an it's average like news item. Most newscasters are smiling. It's just things that happen all the time. Um, so anyway, I Jones, mean, it wouldn't be so bad if it... I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. No, okay, no. keep going. I mean, Santa Barbara was basically where Nixon and Reagan were from, so well, fuck them. <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? Um, anyway. Um, they're both dead, so you can so say John, whatever yeah, you want now. They're both in hell right now. Mm-hmm. So Jones Blonde, that's it. Just kidding. There's no hell, except for them. <laughs> they are, are help. But anyway, Jones plots with Boddicker to like get like he gives him all these military grade weapons, and they're basically going to go kill. And they give him, and he gives him the tracking device, and they're right. going to go kill Robocop. Robocop. Yeah. And meanwhile, Robocop is is in this like old abandoned factory. Literally, room. he's in what yeah. looks like your area, Indiana. It lo- well, it looks like he's in the movie They Live a little bit too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Where are the sunglasses? So, well, actually, he takes off his sunglasses. That's true, he does. He uses, she brings him a drill, which he had requested, yeah. and she brings him some baby food yes. and some other things yes. and, and a bunch of guns, Yes, and including his special gun. 
and uh, but basically you see him stick like the the the, uh, the the like ratchet drill into his head, and he pulls these two huge screws out of the sides of his head so he can take off the mask, and you can see it's Murphy's face, you know, like with like makeup, like like basically like it's like his face has been glued onto the front of this robot yeah. head, and he actually does not put the mask on again in the movie. No, That's he does the not. end of that mask in this movie. So uh, from this point on, Peter Weller actually gets to act with the, with his entire face as opposed to about forty eight percent of his face. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but only his face, not with his ears. <laughs> so, um, so essentially now the, the gang is, they're in, Detroit's in absolute chaos, by the way, because, yes. oh, we forgot to mention throughout the movie they're talking about, the police are talking about going on strike. Oh, right. And, the strike. I actually yeah, wrote that and, down. And like, basically, Reed keeps telling them, you know, you can't go on strike. Please cops don't, don't go, yeah. like, cops, mm-hmm. just because the cops have a union doesn't mean they can go on strike. Right. Cops don't go on strike. You know, but they're like, no, they're getting, like, five of them die in, like, a week. Yes. So they're insisting they're going to go on strike. And because they're on strike, basically the whole place goes into, like, chaos, into now, chaos Which is, by the way, the exact opposite of what happened when the New York cops. Uh, stop working crime rates did not increase yes in any way shape or form uh, but you know we won't talk about that uh, police unions aren't real unions uh, <laughs> the cops are not workers they work on the side of management <laughs> but anyway um, oh did I say that out loud Dude, um, I anyway have, I'm not even nothing no. anyway they're blowing shit up with these huge like these look like the kind of guns you'd get in like like the game Quake where you can just blow yeah. up a demon with a single yeah. shot or something like that uh, they're blowing shit play- up oh remember uh, when so, Joe pulls yeah, up, pulls with, up the, with, his, the, with his own 6000 6, SUS which is exactly the same as Clarence's car yes. and he's like ah it's just like here he's like yeah I know it's great and then Clarence just takes his gun and blows, blows it, it up, up. And they, yeah, they're blowing up all sorts of shit. And wow, my notes skip a bunch. Um, you know. Um, so the, when we go back to um, Gary, Indiana. And I, I keep saying it's that. It's not really that. But um, uh, Oh, they keep dropping the hard F-bomb. Uh, they, they, there's, they call each other a bunch of homophobic slurs oh, yeah. while they're running around. That's but, why uh, I was trying to rewrite. Like, the other thing that happens is um, while he, he's fixing himself up, but the one thing that he says in there that I think is really important is um, he tells he tells uh, Lewis that he's been that he's been having these like memories ish or whatever he doesn't know what exactly what to call them uh, about his family and he says I can't I can feel them but I can't remember them yeah like, these memories that he's having yeah and oh and and, and basically as 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 gathered from that the abandoned house being for sale his wife and kid have moved like because he's dead. They yeah, sold she the house asked, and she moved across her. the country. Yeah. Right. And he she asked, says, yeah, they yeah, sold, they, after, they, after you died, they sold like, the house. You and were dead, so they left. And, they yeah. left, yeah. So, you know, and like, yeah, he's yeah, he's legally dead. He does not exist as a person. As the sun starts to come up, you you see the gang, the, the Boddicker gang, on their way into this warehouse, out, outdoor warehouse facility, what I am lovingly calling Gary India, and um, they they show up, and this is when we get one of the don't best. pretend it's love, by the way. Yeah, this is where we get the 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 best. This is where we see the demise of Paul McCrane's character. Oh, we see a lot of demises in this. But this particular demise is epic. yeah. This is yeah. This is this is essentially the Boddicker gang goes down pretty hard. Yeah, it's pretty um, delightful. But it's like essentially yeah. Um, I I'm trying to think. Um, which one did, does does Joe get taken out by uh, by Lewis? Because I can't remember how Joe goes. Which one's Joe? The African American one. Oh. 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 I think. Oh. And uh, what's his name? Uh, I think. I think Steve Men was killed in the uh, in the cocaine bloodbath. 
Oh, yes, he was. And yeah. I thought Joe goes down. Well, maybe he, like, does, maybe he goes down to the cocaine bloodbath. Maybe he's already dead. No, he's there. No, he has the guns. What are we talking yeah, about? No, they, they're, they, they're like sneaking in. And right at the, something happens. Oh, oh, um, uh, Robocop throws something down and he he they shoot him accidentally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They accidentally kill him. Kill him, yes. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, what a way to go. Sorry, Joe. Um, So so anyway, um, he's the first to go. Um, There's, 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 uh, let me see. There's a car chase that ends up uh, like between Lewis and Emil. And uh, he tries to run RoboCop down. RoboCop shoots at him and he swerves and crashes into a clearly labeled toxic waste. And he kind of becomes the toxic Avenger. It is I believe these, I believe these effects were based on the effects from a movie that the MST3K did called The Incredible Melting Man. It was. That's not a, that's not a joke. Uh, by the way, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I believe you. Um, but yeah, like Emil comes out and he's like kind of melting. He's like, oh, it's all practical it's effects. because horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah, it's very like, like he's like, you know, he's like, oh, and he runs up to, uh, was it, was it? Ray Wise. Ray Wise. And Ray Wise is like, ah, get away from me. Yeah. You know, and like he screams and pushes him away and runs. Uh, so Emil is just walking around like uh, like a zombie almost, yeah. like just melting. Like bits of him are just sliding around. So gross. And then uh, Boddicker, who's running at high speed trying to get away. I think he's trying to get away from Lewis at this yeah. point, on, like in his car. Uh, he like swore and like he basically slams into into Emil, who spatters. He just explodes yeah. all over his car. It, it, it happens really fast. fast. It is it is like. It is like gasp laugh. Yes. Slapstick when it happens. It's like crazy. I laugh, but like like <gasps> holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that, I believe is the response you do. Like yeah. you basically gasp and say holy shit. It happens yeah. so fast. Even this is the thing. I think I've said that more than once watching this movie. Yes. Even knowing it's coming, yeah. it is it's shockingly hilarious. Yeah. Like brutal. It's brutal. Like it's it's it like it's it's horrible, but it's also it's so slapstick that it makes me laugh every time because it's so over the top. Yeah. So anyway, Clarence ends up running to Lewis. Clarence shoots Lewis. Um, Leon is up with the, his sniper rifle. He's going to blow up RoboCop, who who is also got, you know like cornered Clarence. Um, they're in the swamp. They're in like the water. water. Um, yeah, this is where you get some of that Jesus imagery yeah. that uh, you know Verhoeven where RoboCop's walking across the water. Yeah. You know, essentially. Um, uh, I know he gets speared in the side by a spear, very Jesusy too, like with some nonsense that Emil's trying, like uh, not Emil, um, Boddicker's trying to do, but. Um, Basically, um, just before he has a chance, uh, Leon has a chance to shoot Robocop with the super gun. Uh, Lewis shoots him with a, a super gun that, like, Lewis has been, already been shot very badly by, yes. um, by Boddicker at this point. She crawls to the super gun, blows up Leon, and then Robocop. Well, before that happens, though, um, Leon's up there. He Doesn't he also, like, dump the stuff on to Robocop. Oh, he tried, yeah, he tried, oh yeah, he drops a bunch of fucking yeah, garbage, garbage onto Robocop's head. head, a bunch of metal and scrap and you think Robocop's dead and then like and that's when that's when and that's when Clarence stabs him with the spear right. and then as they're as he's leaning in and like giving him shit Ro- Robocop pops his data spike like a middle finger and jabs it into the side of Emil. Uh, uh, why do we keep going to go with Emil? Boddicker's neck. neck. And you see, like, in the director's cut, you see a horrible spray of blood, and he tries to cover it up, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, Clarence, you're dead. Well, Clarence is dead. <laughs> Clarence and gets then, killed. And then Lewis blows up Leon. And Lewis blows up Leon, and at that point, she's basically collapsed. And, like, you know, you don't see her again for the rest of the movie, but RoboCop says the line, you know, they'll fix you. They can fix everything. Yeah. Or whatever they fix everyone or they whatever. Fix everyone, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the implication is they're going to repair her body in the same way he's been repaired, probably. 
Um, and then um, now it's now we're down to the end game. We've got Denouement coming. Essentially, RoboCop is coming to get coming to get um, uh, Dick Dick Jones. And there, there's a big board meeting. Dick Jones is talking about, okay, the ED-209 project, This is we're going to get this. This is going to happen, you know, like after the failure of RoboCop because he's obviously gone rogue and, you know, doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. We've got an ED-209 downstairs guarding, and we have one in the room, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know, basically RoboCop, like, like in, a, in, a, in kind of a hilarious moment because you've got this, this ED-209 that's going to be guarding them, and you think that's going to be the big fight that he's going to have because yeah. he, like – Robocop just blows it up with that blows super gun. Like and, it, and there's like, it's a and, you, great like moment. and you see its legs off screen and it falls down and it falls it's just like the legs. It falls like a walker and it's just the legs. Yeah. You know, and then Robocop basically comes into the boardroom, you know, and, you know, like essentially, you know, like Jones is like, you know, what are you going to do? You can't do anything. You can't arrest me. You know, and he data, spi- and he he data spikes into the wall and, it, and like, tur- like pro- broadcasts Dick Jones telling him how he had killed Morton from earlier yeah. whenever he was taunting him yes you know and essentially you know then he he basically like grabs a hostage grabs the old man as a, does he grab the old man as a hostage or just a random person i can't remember i don't remember who he grabs but but basically like no no he, he grabs the old man he grabs the old man and he's like you like because you know like but at, but the first he says dick you're, you're fired. fired and then basically robocop says thank you and the directive it disappears. The directive disappears. He says, thank you. And he just basically uses his super targeting to shoot past, you know, the old man, blows Dick out the window. Brap, brap, brap. And that, and then, and it was like, good job, son. What's your name? Murphy. (laughs) And then we get credits. No, who knows what happens afterwards? We have no idea. Who cares? Uh, He has killed the bad guy. It is so satisfying. Yes. (laughs) So, So, and that is the end of RoboCop. Yeah. Okay. So. Rated R or possibly X. (laughs) So John, was RoboCop worth revisiting? Oh yeah, it was. I hadn't seen it in a long time and I'd forgotten how fun that movie is. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie for as dark and dystopian as it is. And, you know, like as ridiculous and lol. It's, it's over the top. In a way that over the top wasn't. First of all, it has an actual car chase, and I will never get tired of pointing out that over the top needed more car chases. Yes. Um, it, it's it's very it's it's just a hoot. It's a delightful movie. It's 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 wild and a lot of fun, you know. And don't let me forget. I want to talk a little bit about the franchising okay. thing. Um, we can talk, we can do it after the questions. Sure. But yes, it definitely was worth revisiting. It's it's a it's a whole lot of fun. Um, and Allie, was it worth watching? Yeah, and I. I avoided this movie for a very long time. It never sounded well, like Well, Ali hates robots and I hate cops, so you'd think <laughs> Right. I'm and I I'm not I'm not like the I don't love cops. Like I don't love cop movies. Like there are certain things that I'll watch, but I love robots. Like, I kinda love robots. I mean, so actually. I was like, this is not built for me. Except you, Kevin. But it's just it's not built for me. So I was like, this is not why why am I gonna waste yeah, my time? Yeah, you're not really an eighties action movie fan. No. So I was like, this isn't for me, why would I watch this? But I will say that I was so pleasantly surprised because, like I said, it it was so over the top and it was so satirical and it was using tropes that I appreciated and the fact that it's like, it, it leaves you with that like, I'm laughing, but it's horrible, like yeah. feeling. And it's it, weird, it, it, it's, it's depressingly prescient in the yes. parts that aren't. Comedic. And I think that was the thing that was that was so, I think that was the gut punch for me was that living in the world that we're living right now, you know, you know, first of all, this was all pre nine eleven. This is yeah. now, you know, and now we're in like such a Republican fascism that it just feels like we're basically 
We're now we've lost all our Republican fascist fans. Oh, sorry, dudes. I mean, if you really weren't, if you were fans of this podcast, I'm sorry. Um, not. Uh, but anyway, my point is like, it, 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 there, are too, there were too many things that were happening then where they were projecting the future and we're living in that future and that's just freaky. So that part of it, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of how when art imitates life and vice versa. Um, so... Yeah, that, that part of it was really, it was actually great. And, okay, so my my issue with, like, too violent and scary violence is, it you know, the, the, the top two are, you know, violence to, to children and violence to animals. Um, children and animals get off fine in this movie. The, yeah, the, nothing happens. There's There's, a, the only child in this entire movie is in a flashback. Yeah, and nothing happens to him. And, the, and then also violence to women, but... Um, you know the the there's some violence that happens to a woman because it's well first of all it's a Prohoven it's, movie it's an attempted <laughs> but, violence though it doesn't actually turn into anything we don't see oh you mean sexual violence because yeah. I was about to say um I don't I don't know if you remember um a character called Lewis who gets absolutely no 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 no, no. I'm not talking about that up. no I'm talking about yeah no I'm talking about like like specifically like gendered like we're we're putting like yeah violence in a sexual or whatever way but anyway so no I mean she gets shot because she's a cop and they're yeah i mean it's terrible but it's you know it's it's job related it's not gender related right, right? yeah 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 oh yeah definitely you know what i'm saying yeah it's definitely. not done specifically yeah, because no. she's, and she's a woman and she's not really hypersexualized no, she's dressed just like a man right like, exactly. there's no there's no like there's no difference in the way like i mean you see a scene in the beginning in the locker room where they're all getting naked together Yes. Like, you know, like, and everyone's got their clothes off. It's not just the women. You know, right. Like, it, like, there's no, like, the police officer, the police uh, force is obviously, like, completely, like, gender neutral. It's basically backstage in a non-equity show. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, um, so. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, so it, was, it was worth it watching. It was you really definitely loved, yeah. worth watching. I very much, I mean, I don't think I'm going to go back and watch it every, like, year is, like, some special thing. But, like, if it's ever on, I'm not going to be like, oh, we need to turn this off. Unless, of course, our kids are in the room and there's yeah, a bunch of right. violence but like yeah um no i definitely i enjoyed it I, I enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would in a big way yeah and so anyway before we go oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay so i want to talk about a couple of things one um you know like i'm wondering like as of as of december 31st 2019 jerry Paffendorf of the imagination station announced the statue was still underway the robocop statue in detroit is still <laughs> being built which is oh a, a ridiculousness uh well you really want to celebrate that about detroit uh that it's a dystopian nightmare but supposedly uh we are close to a reveal of this robocop statue <laughs> in detroit so yay maybe I that's guess. what the cleveland guys meant when they said um we're not detroit yeah maybe <laughs> um but uh, but uh robocop anyway robocop spawned a couple of sequels uh you know of uh, uh, uh there's been a bunch Diminishing of returns. animated tv series a tv miniseries video games comic books i think robocop has fought the predator you know in comics etc yeah. etc et there is there was a reboot of it made in 2014, which I will probably never watch because I've heard it is incredibly misguided. Um, it's got like Samuel Jackson, Michael Keaton, Gary Oldman, Joel Kinnaman plays the RoboCop. Interesting. Um, but um, but anyway, it's a lot more of like a military training. It, it apparently oh, it, mis- it misses a lot of the satire from what I've heard. But apparently, um, the I I didn't realize this was still in the works, but apparently, supposedly, as of November twentieth, two thousand nineteen, it is still in the works. There is uh, Ed Ed Newmeyer and Miller supposedly worked on a script for a direct sequel to the first RoboCop movie, mm. 
Um, it's not going to be directed by Verhoeven, who I think is retired. Um, but um, I know originally Neil Blomkamp was going to direct, but he, um, uh, with the script being rewritten, and then, um, uh, but that he dropped out of it recently, and uh, now apparently Abe Forsyth is director. But supposedly they're still working on a direct sequel to RoboCop One. Nice. Uh, in the style of that movie, using the same suit, cool. as opposed to the weird modern suit that they use for the the reboot. So who knows? There may be there may be another RoboCop movie coming fairly soon or not. I I've, I've not heard much about this. Uh, I I kept hearing dribs and drabs of it, and then it like and then it, like it seems like kind of a cursed project. So who knows if it'll ever actually come to completion? Right on. Um, or if it'll be any good if it does? Because uh, you know like. To the best of my knowledge, the only genuinely high-quality RoboCop product is the first movie. Yeah. Um, again, I haven't really seen much of the other stuff, but what I, what I did see, I was kind of like, meh, about. Um, Makes sense. But, uh, yeah, cool. that's that's RoboCop, and yeah. that was this episode of A Match Made in Space. So, if you want to find us, yes. there's a lot of places you can find Many. us. Um Mostly the Chicago North Shore suburbs and various uh, grocery stores. I feel like I'm always <laughs> in a grocery store. Um or a target uh, <laughs> uh but anyway you can also find us on the web at our website matchmadeinspace.com or you can uh contact us via the now antiquated method of electronic mail at matchmadeinspace at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at mmis podcast you can find us on facebook at matchmadeinspace just search for it you'll find us um and you can find us individually I go by the moniker Hitler Puncher on Twitter, and Allie goes by Allie underscore Goodman. That's spelled A-L-I. A-L-I. Um, like Muhammad Ali, as yeah. I've said before. Have you? Uh, Have Muhammad you Ali McGraw. <laughs> and I know we mentioned it earlier, but uh, we have another podcast that we do. Um, that is A Hard Grey's Night, in which Allie forces me to watch Grey's Anatomy episodes, and I don't normally like it much. No. No, it's, you don't. No, it's not very fun at all. It's uh, it's very fun for me. So you can all, you can find that wherever fine podcasts are not sold oh, which because brings they're me free. To, which brings me to Apple Podcasts. Um, if you haven't already, and you probably haven't because we don't have very many. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten a new review in years. Yeah, please rate and review us, or just review yeah, us. Raise our raise like give, give like a, tell someone about us and uh, tell word someone about us. Word of mouth, uh, you know, get, share it. Invite somebody to the to the Facebook page. Invite somebody to the mail podcast. us a check. <laughs> Just give us money. <laughs> PayPal us. Just send us money. Just send us money. Um, yeah, it's really sad because I have I have my eye on this incredibly cool setup for the podcast. But it's not really worth it because we're operating at a loss, like all podcasts. Yeah, pretty that much. Aren't, that aren't run by people named McElroy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or people talking about true crime. Yeah, it's true. They're the ones that really seem to make the money. Um, anyway, we really. Oh, um, did you want to? Did you want to bring up the fact that you that that our podcast got shouted out on on in that other? No, it's fine. No. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I shouted, don't because I don't really get that. Yeah. Somebody mentioned us in another in another group, and it was uh, a, a much more famous podcast. Yeah. And they mentioned us, and it was really cool. I can't remember the name, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I just thought it was neat yeah. that they that they were. I'm not going to advertise for the fucking flop house on here. They get their they got plenty of fans. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. But I thought that was pretty cool no, that somebody yeah. had yeah. mentioned somebody. Yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody had I had mentioned having a podcast, and they listened. And I can't remember his name. I think it Kurt. Kurt? Funny enough, I think no. Funny enough, what they listened to was um, 
was was a Cobra. return of Nanny again. No, well, they yeah, but they, they I think I think they came in for for Cobra because they came know. in for Cobra, but they left with Nanny again. And, and why don't you love Cobra? That's dumb and violent and right wing. Oh my god, I hated that movie <laughs> so much. I don't ever want to talk to you about that movie again. You're gonna talk to me about it all the time. No. Oh, anyway, now we're no, just I'm now not. we're just wasting yeah, now we're just wasting time. I think yeah. we've we've gone over the length of RoboCop probably, probably by now, probably which by is kind of sad uh, when you think about it. Uh, well, anyway, anyway, so, uh, thank you so much for listening thank you so much for sharing thank you so much for uh rating reviewing those of you that will and um just uh you know thanks and we appreciate you I, I i was getting there i was, I felt, I felt I was moving right. my body up to the mic yeah, it looked like you were getting up to leave which would have been no. really funny because you're, you're, ne- you're next to the recording device not me you're like smell you later peace <laughs> out <laughs> kiss off uh no uh this Wrong is podcast this is a match made in space signing off. Murphy.